coming before St. Peter, and St. Peter looking at him and asking a question. He said, you know, in your life uh, with what God, what God gave to you, what did you do with it? There's anything spectacular that stands out in your life that you did for God? And the guy looks at St. Peter and he said, well, yeah, actually there was something. Um, I came upon this group of motorcycle riders, and um, they were all surrounding this young woman, and they were harassing her, and I told them to uh, quit doing it, and they just didn't listen to me at all. And so what I decided to do was I uh, picked out the most heavily tattooed rider. I went up to him, smacked him on the face, grabbed a hold of his nose ring, pulled it out, kicked his Harley over, and said, if you are going to mess with that woman, you've got to come through me. And St. Peter was highly impressed. He thought, wow, man, that's incredible. He said, you know, when did that happen? The guy said about two minutes ago. You see, there's a difference between faith and foolishness. There really is. There's a difference between faith and foolishness. And what God is calling us to do, and we've talked about this over the last several weeks, is this, is God is calling us to take risk in faith. And he wants us to use what he's given to us. And we've talked about that in this series called Made, how God has made us to make a difference in our world. Henry Nouwen uh, wrote a book about 30 years ago called The Wounded Healer. And in that book, he talks about how each one of us have had experiences in life that have allowed us to sometimes be wounded, but in in a sense, out of that woundedness, what happens is is we become people who have the opportunity to be healers as well, that we can help other people. Matter of fact, in Scripture, that whole idea started started in God's Word itself. If you have your Bibles this morning, you want to turn to that as well, or if you have the outline that's there in your bulletin as well, these passages of Scripture are on there. It says in 2 Corinthians 1, It says this, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all of our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves have received from God. Compassion and comfort are not the same thing. You can have compassion for someone. You can have empathy towards someone. You can sympathize with what they're going through. And still not do anything about it, right? That's true. You can, you can have that kind of compassion. Because comfort is what puts feet to compassion. Com- comfort takes compassion and moves out of the emotional experience that a person's going through. and allows a person to come alongside of a person that's going through a tough time. That's what comfort does. Literally, the word comfort in the Greek actually means to come alongside. It's a word that's very, very clear about that. And and God, it says in Scripture here, which is the cool thing, it says that God is not just a God of compassion, not just somebody who looks at us and says to us, you know, I'm, I'm sorry for what you're going through, but it says our God is not only a God of compassion, He's a God of comfort. He comes alongside of us. He He helps us in our need. You know that literally in Scripture, the another word for the Holy Spirit, God's Spirit that lives in us, is the word paraclete, which means comforter. God is a God not only of compassion, but a God of comfort. But then it says something else. It says, it says that we're to be persons who do the same thing. We're to be people, it says in this passage of Scripture, that as we go through all of our troubles, we can comfort those in any trouble that they're going through. See, God d- doesn't just allow us to go through the difficulties of life just so we can have a, a hurtful time. What he does with those experiences in life, he allows us to have those and go through those experiences in life so that we could use those and leverage those in a real sense 
so that we can help other people as well. Let me ask you this, this morning. How many of you in this room can look back over your life and see a season of life that you went through where you was in trouble and you had difficulty, and in that season you sensed that God came alongside of you? Anybody here ever had that experience where you felt like in a series of senses? I can say that many, many times. Where In a time when I was going through something that was going on in my life, I sensed God's presence in the midst of that struggle. He was coming along side of us. And he says that as we have that, though, that we're to realize that he gives us that comfort so that we can comfort other people in troubles. Now, this morning, what I want to talk about very quickly is this whole thing of what experiences do. We've talked about a whole lot of things over the last few weeks. We've talked about this thing called shape, about how God is this acrostic, about how God has given us, given us spiritual gifts, how he's given us a heart, a passion for a thing. Uh, he's given us abilities to do things. And he's given us a personality. And now this week, as we kind of wrap this up, and next week as I pull everything together, uh, we talk about how experiences, that God allows us to go through experiences in life and what he wants us to do with those experiences. So let me give you four things this morning quickly that uh, the experiences allow us to do. First of all, experiences allow us to accomplish God's purpose. It allows us to accomplish God's purpose. Um, the thing about experiences, they're kind of our personal reference system. You and I both do this. We, we judge life in a real sense. We kind of look at life in a real sense based upon a lot of, of what our experiences were like. Uh, in a subconscious level, we're constantly asking a question, based on my past experience, how does this work? Now, for instance, let me give you this morning an example. I gave it last night at Married Life Live. I think it's a great experience, a great uh, example. I'll use it again. Um, the thing is this, if I were to say to you this morning, for instance, uh, if I were to sit here and say to you that parenting is easy, some of you would agree. The three of you <laughs> that had this one child, this, this kind of child that just like compliant and every does it. You know, some of you have these children and it just amazes me. I don't, you know, I'm not sure whether to pat you on the back or just hate you. Um, but, uh, you know, you have these children that when they grow up, they almost, they're almost, they, they don't even have to have any discipline in their life. I mean, they're self-disciplined. They do every, they're just calm and passive and, and they do, and, and they do all their schoolwork and they're good students. Everything just works great in their life. If you have one of those, you're blessed, you know? And it, so if I said, you know, if I said the statement, parenting is easy based on the experience you've had, you would go, yeah, that's true. But the rest of you look at me and go like, you're crazy. Because, you know, on a, based on our experience, and this is not, that's not a statement I would make, parenting is difficult. More of you would agree with that because of your experience in the parenting field. If, you have, if you're a parent, uh, you know what I'm talking about. See, the experiences we have in life uh, allows us to accomplish God's purpose, but we have to base it upon and look in the light of, of what uh, God's trying to do and how he's trying to shape us through it. Uh, in Scripture, we see the Apostle Paul. He found himself heading to Rome. And, and as he was going to Rome as a great missionary, he was coming, uh, going to come in and share the good news with all the people in Rome. It was his, kind of his, his big time. He thought, man, Rome, the center of the, of the world at that time. But on the way, the Bible tells us that he was shipwrecked and then he was handcuffed to a Roman guard 24 hours a day, placed in house arrest. And you would think that that would be a pretty much of a bummer, right? But the issue was is that when Paul gets to Rome, uh, and even though his goal is to be able to share the good news and spread the gospel and, and share with people about who Christ is, 
Uh, he was handcuffed to this Roman guard. Yet Paul says about this in Philippians 1.12, he says, I want to report to you, friends, that my imprisonment here has the opposite of its intended effect. Instead of being squelched, the message has actually prospered. Paul is saying the, the experience that I'm going through, this experience has allowed me, in a real sense, as I understand it in the context of what God's doing, it's allowed me, in a real sense, to carry out God's purpose. And God's purpose has been to spread the gospel. And as we look at history, not just in Scripture, but look at history books, we found over the next several years that almost all of Caesar's household became believers. Why? Because guess what Paul was doing as he was chained to a Roman guard 24 hours a day? No, he wasn't watching, you know, Fox News or something. No, that's not what he was doing. What he was doing is he was sharing the gospel. He was talking about his relationship with, and here's a, you know, a captive, literally a captive audience, the guard. He couldn't go anywhere. And so guess what the guards would do? They would report back to Caesar, and as they reported back to Caesar, all they kept saying is, this Paul keeps talking about Jesus Christ. And after a while, they started, many of them obviously started believing, and then they would share, and then it spread. I mean, you know, God's purpose was carried out perfectly. Now, it wasn't exactly the plan that Paul thought about. But in hindsight, Paul looks back and says in Philippians one twelve, he says, uh, I want you to understand exactly, exactly what God caused it or wanted it to happen. Now, the reality of life is sometimes in the midst of a difficult situation, an experience in life that is not necessarily a positive experience we would see, we don't see the, the good in it, do we? Sometimes. But in hindsight, many times, hindsight's twenty twenty. We can look back and say, oh, God taught me this. But i got to be honest with you. i got to be really honest with you. Sometimes... I've had experiences, and I've looked back over them, and I still can't figure out what the good was. You ever had one of those? And what do you do? What do you do in that? What do you do? Well, let me, I've got to be honest. Here's what I've learned about those experiences. Through it all, God is going to accomplish His purpose. I believe that. And my responsibility, even when I don't understand what the experience and how it's supposed to work, my responsibility is to still be faithful to God, to His Word, to continue to grow and to let God use me in the midst of that scenario to trust that he's doing something that I can't see because guess what? You and I aren't smart enough to know everything. I'm not as, my, my mindset's not as big as God's mindset. And so sometimes I understand, sometimes I don't understand. But the issue is, is through the experiences of life, God if it will allow his purposes to be accomplished. That's the first thing we learn about experiences. Another thing that we learn through experiences is experiences also allow us to trust in God's faithfulness. To trust in God's faithfulness. Um, there's a story uh, that's told, it's a true story, about a guy named Bill Wilson. And Bill talks about his life, and, and, and as he talked about his life, this is a brief synopsis of it. It says, Bill was a man who was walking with his mom in St. Petersburg, Florida at the age of 14. Uh, she was a single mom. He said he could remember his mom was tired that day. She had a hard day. She wasn't saying much. And they came to a particular street corner, not far from where she served as a bartender. His mom looked at her and said, and he remembers these words, Son, I can't do this anymore. I need you to stay right here and wait for me. He didn't understand what that meant at 14 years old. Then she left. He stayed and he waited. He waited until the sun went down. His mom never came back. He waited all night. He stood there on that street corner for another full day. His mom never came back. He stood there another night. Three days, uh, for three days, Bill Wilson stood at the street corner waiting for his mom to come back. She never came back. There was a guy who walked by periodically on his way to work by that same street corner. 
And on the second day of Bill standing there, he looked at him and said to Bill, what are you doing here? I've seen you here for the last couple of days. What's going on? And Bill said, well, mom said to wait here for her. She's going to come back. He said, at least you have to have, if you eat anything, you have to have something to eat. So this guy helped him, got him something to eat, hung out with him for a little while, went on to work. The next day he comes back. Bill's still there. And the guy finally looks at him and says, hey, why don't you come and stay with me? I'll take care of you. We'll keep watching for your mom. Maybe something happened. We'll find out and, and, and uh, find out what went on with that. The lo- make a long story short, what happened is God took him into a house. It was a, it was a solid, secure household. During that time, he was introduced. His mom never showed up. During this time, though, through a Sunday school program at the guy's church, this guy was introduced to G- this, Bill Wilson was introduced to Jesus Christ. After Bill surrendered his life to Jesus Christ, and uh, he, he used that horrible experience of being abandoned by his mom to motivate him for the rest of his life. It was, it was an experience that motivated him to do God's purpose in his life. He showed Bill to trust God's faithfulness. And you know what, the, what Bill did? Later on, he became a man who went to Brooklyn, New York, to one of the worst sections in America, a section where the streets are filled with crack vials and drug syringes and where prostitution is through the roof and where there's all kind of difficulties and abuse and where children are orphaned there on a daily basis on street corners, just like he was orphaned. And what he began to do is he, Bill Wilson started the Sunday school to reach these kids because that was what had reached him. That was his experience. And over the next few years, it became the largest Sunday school in the whole United States. Uh... It became something called Metro Ministries. And, and over the period of years, they reached 22,000 homeless, rejected kids. He had buses and vans that would go out every day and bring them in, these kids that were pretty much on their own. And over that period of time, to hear the message of hope and to be encouraged and to connect them with people who would care for them. That negative experience he saw in life, that negative experience where he saw that God was faithful in the midst of that was thing that shaped his life. He understood God's faithfulness, and because of that, he used the experience to direct his life. See, God wants us to learn from our experiences as well. And that brings us to the third thing that God wants us to do. The third thing is this. God wants us to uh, use the experiences of life to unpack life lessons. <laughs> how, many of you, uh, how many of you had your parents tell you not to touch a hot stove? Anybody here? Okay, keep your hands up. How many of you touched the hot stove anyway? How many of you as parents told your kids not to touch a hot stove? How many of your kids did it anyway? Okay, why? Because each generation sometimes, you know, I would really wish, truthfully, with all the, uh, you know, one of my big prayers during this whole time of, of economic chaos has been that we would learn as a nation to be more, to use God's principles in regard to finances. That's why we got such a mess anyway, because we were going the other direction. But the issue is, is that so often, you know, what's going to happen? We'll forget it pretty soon. Sadly enough, we will. Hopefully for a while we'll remember some stuff, but we'll forget it pretty soon because just like you telling your kids not to touch the hot stove, they did it anyway or whatever it happened to be you told them not to do. Each generation, in a real sense, needs to unpack life lessons. We need to, to learn from the experiences that other people have had. See, sometimes the only way we can learn is to get burned ourselves. That's just the way we are. 
You know, people can tell us, we can read it in books, the pastor can say all this stuff, you know, your Sunday school teacher, your small group leader, whatever. They can tell you all this truth, but sometimes you have to go through pain to experience and to learn from stuff. It's called human nature. Not necessarily the best part of human nature, but it is human nature. And sometimes, sometimes when we go through a tough time in life, we ask a question. You know, what the, you know what the question is? When we go through a tough time in life, usually we ask the why question, don't we? Why am I going through this tough time? And I'm pretty sure that probably most of us here have asked that. Somewhere in the midst of a difficult time in life, right? We've done that. But the thing is, is that we, we ask this question. But what I've found is that's really not the right question for a Christian to ask in a time of difficulty, the why question. What we need to really ask is the what question. The what question. The what question is this. What do you want me to learn in this experience, God? That's a more fruitful, helpful question. In the midst of this difficult time, what is it you're trying to teach me? What is it you're trying to, where are you trying to lead me with this? How can I use this experience to, to learn something to help someone else? Because that's what it says back there in that first verse we looked at. That we not only have comfort ourselves, but in the difficult times, the comfort that we have will teach us and help us to comfort others. And so what we want to really do with experiences of life is we need to look back on experiences and ask the question, you know, what have I learned? What have I learned? We need to unpack life's lesson. Let me tell you something this morning, folks. I believe this truly, that there's a ton of experience in this room, wisdom in this room, and you've learned it the hard way. And what God wants you to do with those experiences, you learn the hard way for whatever it is, parenting experiences, marriage experiences, uh, financial experiences, you just name the whole list of things. God wants to take you, and he wants to use that experience. He wants to say, I learned this the hard way through this experience. Now what I want to do is I want to help people who are going through that so they don't have to go. You know, it's much better to learn something from somebody else's experience than from your own, right? It's a lot less painful. And so that's what God wants us to do with that. He wants us to unpack life lessons. Uh, our problem is that we don't unpack life lessons. In, in Deuteronomy 11, tw- uh, 2, it says this. It says, remember what you have learned about the Lord through your experiences with him. How he's moved in your life. So in the midst of a difficult time, you can look back and say, oh, God, you've already helped me through this experience, and I can help others as well. You know, it's amazing to me that probably the people that were the worst at doing this and the history of the world, I think we're all, we're all bad at this, but that, that was written down is the Israelites. If you look in the Old Testament, I mean, how often did they learn from life experiences? Did they unpack life lessons? I mean, they would do something and God, they would mess up and they would turn away from God and something would happen. And then the next thing you know, God's helping them out. You know, uh, you know Israelites, they were... Uh, they were slaves in Egypt. What does God do? He brings ten, ten plagues. Uh, God delivers them out of Egypt. They go up to the base of the, they go to the Red Sea. There's, and uh, all the stuff happened. Amazing, miraculous things happened along the way. You've seen, seen the movie Ten Commandments, right? You know? Really cool stuff God did for me. It was basically pretty true. I don't know if it was quite as dramatic as, you know, as Charlton Heston and everything. But, but the issue was, is he did all these things. Well, what did they do right after that? Not long after that, they're whining and complaining to God about, you know, God, are you with us? We're going to starve. And then they keep doing this over and over. I mean, it, it was just, if you read the Old Testament, it's just a repetition of people should unpack life's lessons, but they don't learn from the lessons. They keep repeating the stupid things over and over and over again. 
See, God wants us to unpack life lessons, to to put them in our file and say, okay, this is something I've learned and I'm not going to do this again. And if I come into a situation where it applies, I'm going to, in a real sense, what I'm going to do is I'm going to learn from that and I'm going to go forward out of that and not repeat the same thing. You see, if you and I could have looked back and unpacked life experiences, uh, even in difficult times, God will help us to remain faithful. Because truthfully, sometimes, you know, when I go through experience, I'm going, I have to go back. I journal. Not all the time, but a lot where I write down stuff and experiences. I journal a lot when I'm going through difficult times. You know why? Because then I go back and I'm going through another difficult time. It's maybe my age. Maybe it's the deal. I just can't remember everything. But I go back and open my journals and go like, I remember a time. And I go back, you know, seven years ago, 10 years ago, 15 years ago. And I have the specifics of what I was going through. And I could read there and see what God did in the midst of that difficult time. That's what it means to unpack life's lessons. See, God wants us to become mature. You know what maturity is? Maturity is the ability to see God moving in our experiences and our past and to carry that with us as we face the future. That's what maturity is. When we go through a difficulty or a hardship, we should learn from the past difficulty or hardship how to handle that and how to get through it. And, and that's true in life. Now, let me one quick disclaimer. One quick disclaimer because we need to really understand this one because we live in a society that's based upon experiences. Experiences aren't infallible. Sometimes our experiences, you know, I, can, I could have, I didn't, I didn't, I would like to have gone seen, but I didn't go see David Copperfield. You know, he was here recently. Anybody go see David Copperfield? Nobody saw, oh, two of you, okay. Um, David Copperfield is considered the most crazy, incredible music, magician in the world, right? I guess. Can make amazing things happen right in front of you, you know? And uh, he can do stuff that's just amazing. But the problem is it's, it's, all, it's all trickery. It's not really, if you can experience it, and you know it can't really happen. I mean, you can't make uh, things appear right in front of you out of nothing it's not real magic it's sleight of hand so experiences sometimes in life can be deceiving and when we have experiences we need to always always line ask this question does my experience line up with god's word do not live your life based upon the fact you know i have people all the time say well you know i feel this is the way i should do it and i'm going does it line up with god's word that's a really easy thing to, to ask. There is the, that's the criteria by which we judge our experiences. The criteria is the Bible, God's Word. If our experience is, is in opposition to God's Word, let me guess what? It, it, you're kind of being deceived. Because Satan can sometimes can deceive you through experiences as well. Now, we learn from experiences, difficult decisions. God lets us go through those things, but at the same time, he wants us to understand that experiences aren't the bottom line, the ultimate truth in life. God's Word is. After, all, after saying all that, the last thing is this. The last thing that we need to do, if we're going to you know, do all these things, if we're going to not only uh, trust in God's faithfulness and, and accomplish God's purpose and unpack life's lessons, we also need to use life's, life lessons as well. That's what experiences are, are there for, to use them. Um, some of you this past year have gone through some tough times. Death of a loved one painful divorce, laid off from work. You, you have a job, but your boss is a tyrant. Some of you have kids that are totally flipped out. 
Others, you may be in the middle of a major crisis right now. And we all have these difficult experiences in life. That's just, even when you're a Christian, it doesn't pull you away from, from living life in a world that's fallen. But God doesn't want us to waste them. I love, one of the, the quotes that Rick Warren says many times is this, God never wastes a hurt. I really believe that. God wants to use even the hurtful things of life, sometimes even more fully than the good things in life, the hurtful things in life to teach us and to train us so that we can learn from that and be comforted by God and then after we're comforted that we can comfort others. The Bible challenges us in 1 Thessalonians 5. It says this, He died for us so that whether we are awake or asleep, we may live together with Him. Therefore, encourage one another and build each other up just in fact you were doing. Let me explain something to you. If you're going through a crisis, you've been through a crisis, what God wants you to do with that, that experience, that experience you went through, is He wants you to use that to leverage to help other people. I believe it's selfish to not use that. I believe the scripture says that God, you know what the Bible says that Christ came? He came to serve, not to be served. And to be a Christ follower means that we're to do the same thing with our lives. It's not about us. And if you want to live, next week we're going to talk about that. We're going to look at Philippians, the book of joy. Just a couple of verses in it, not the whole thing, by the way, so I don't get excited. Uh, can't cover all that in one Sunday. But uh, if you want to have joy in your life, if you want to have really experience life to the fullest, see, realize this, God made you to make a difference in the world. And I would challenge you to consider, you know, what, is it, what are the experiences you have, the gifts you have, the abilities you have? What are those things? Why has God given you those things? He's given you those things so that you can comfort not just have compassion for, but comfort others in their times of need as well. Leverage what God has given to you, those experiences, and what you've learned from them to help others that are going through the same thing that you've been through so that they won't have to be as painful an experience maybe that you went through yourself. Thank you for listening to Great Oaks Community Church's weekly podcast. For more series and podcast information, Go to greatoakcc.org.